You are listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Nicholson. Um, It's a pleasure to welcome to the studio Ed Shanda, a KPMG audit partner and the national sector leader of our insurance practice. How are you doing, Ed? Okay, okay. Glad it was a really, here. yeah, great morning so far. We've got a lot of um, folks in the room and some really compelling topics have been covered. Definitely. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, some of the things that you discussed this morning in your opening keynote. Um, you know, we've heard a lot across industries about this sort of consumer movement that your, your best experience anywhere becomes your expectation everywhere. And that's definitely happening in the insurance industry. So can you talk a little bit about those consumer expectations and how they're shaping change for insurance? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and, and the experience that they're having in the insurance industry is definitely not uh, like what they're experiencing elsewhere. So if uh, they do something on Amazon, they think everything can work like Amazon. And so that's where we have to get to. Um, and that's really caught the attention of the industry. And so they're very focused on the customer experience and meeting customer expectations. And they are, they've broken that down into four basic concepts. Customers want them to know them, understand who they are, understand what they need, understand what their risks are. Uh, they want them to protect them, not just sell them products, but actually care about them. They want them to use as little of their time as possible, right? Uh, and they want to keep, keep them informed. They want less uncertainty. Um, some of the things that we do in the insurance industry take so long to happen. It creates anxiety as people wonder what's happening and whether or not it's going to turn out in their favor or not. And they don't like that. And it's understandable. Yeah, those themes definitely resonate with me as a consumer, right, in addition to being um, inside our practice and seeing what um, KPMG is doing to support our clients in that way. Can you talk a little bit about um, that, that notion of protect me and what that means to consumers, what they're really looking for? Right, right, right. When we first, you know, started down this path, we said, well, what we need to do is we need to handle um, claims better. Uh, we need to make sure that when somebody has a disaster um, that, that we quickly make funds available to them and we quickly get them back on their feet as much as possible. But now it's starting to drift a little bit. Customers are saying, well, protection is nice, um, but how could we prevent this from happening in the first place? Can you, can you stop the loss before it occurs? And to some extent, yes, w- yes, we can. We can use data analytics and technology to understand the risks that our customer face, make them aware of things that perhaps they don't know protect them from themselves to some extent, and then through partnerships and alliances, provide them services that put them in a better place from a risk perspective. So when the worst happens, uh, there's less chance that they're going to even need the insurance. So when we think about prevention, this idea of prevention, if I'm an insurance company and I'm thinking of all the different ways to prevent um, catastrophes from impacting my clients, that's a lot to get my head around, right? What kind of approaches can insurance companies take to, to meet those expectations? Yeah, yeah, we had a little bit of fun of this today. Uh, um, we had uh, talked a little bit about, you know, the airplanes and the satellite imagery and those kind of things and the way that technology uh, can look at uh, houses from above and say, for example, tell them your roof is not uh, flame resistant, right? And so you're at higher risk than your neighbors and, and help them change that roof. Um, we can also do um, the things about 
the encroachment of, of, of the forest on their land and, and remind them to keep it back or provide them uh, a service that will do it for them. Uh, and then uh, we moved on to this idea that uh, there's a company out, uh, out west that has about 8,000 goats and they will rent these goats to towns or to people uh, and those goats will clear the underbrush um, and uh, prevent the fire from having fuel to sustain it. Yeah. That's basically the idea, um, which I think is amazingly clever. And um, we put capital behind InsurTech all the time, mm -hmm. right? And we say, this is a good idea. This is going to make our process better. This isn't tech, but it's a great idea. Why wouldn't we put capital behind something like that and stop the fire before it even becomes a fire? Right. I think, yeah, I'm with you on the goats. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> and I feel like it's probably certified organic, too. A certified <laughs> organic approach right. for our conscientious <laughs> customers. Right. Um, so the customer, you know, the desire to create a meaningful customer experience, that's shaping a lot of insurance companies' agendas. What other um, themes are you seeing insurance companies focused on right now? Uh, you know, uh, the, the actual uh, act of automating your processes has uh, become quite interesting to, to the industry. Um, everybody uh, spent a lot of time trying to understand what innovation is, what we mean by it, and then we moved on to why it's important, why should you care, what can it do for you, and we are now firmly embedded in the how. How do I do it? And uh, we've gotten feedback from our surveys that uh, companies are finding it a lot harder to do than they originally thought it would be. And so we spent a lot of time today talking about where companies are getting stuck. And sometimes it sounds like it's uh, easy things like centralized versus not centralized and things like that. But in reality, it's, it's trying to understand what is your organization like, what is it ready for, and what approach fits your organization. That's the way that you get to be most successful. And we had a speaker this afternoon, Steve Monahan, who's fantastic, and he articulated very clearly that in his experience, which is quite vast in the innovation space, the failures always come around because of the people, mm -hmm. and the people really not understanding what, it, what is happening, where we're headed, and what their role is in the future. And so then there's resistance in the system that's hard to overcome, and that's why we're having trouble moving forward. But we continue to invest, and we continue to be very enthusiastic about it. Um, and so that's a big area for us. So later on today, we're going to be talking with Shai Zandani, mm -hmm. who is uh, one of our cybersecurity experts at KPMG. Um, and you made some interesting comments about cyber this morning and a, a pivot that you, um, I don't know if you're noticing it or if it's like a, a pivot that you've experienced in your perception, but maybe talk a little bit about that. For me, it's a personal pivot, right? So I, I have long believed that, you know, uh, making data available to improve the customer experience is where we need to go and that once we've done a good job of digitizing data and making it easy to access uh, we have to protect it and that cybersecurity is a necessary evil it's a cost it's the cost of doing business um, and Shai set me straight on that he said no it's also a growth driver he said because the way that we protect the data affects the customer experience and so when somebody goes in to log on to their account online the process can be easy or it can be hard. And so having a really good, talented cybersecurity team who can find that right balance between making it easy to use and making sure it's protected is going to differentiate use from others. Uh, he also points out that as we move to cloud technologies, uh, the stakeholders that are driving this process for, for our companies are getting a little nervous. What does that mean? How can I, how, am I going to get embarrassed here? 
Um, and so, again, having a really strong uh, cyber group with good governance and good technique can go a long way in making those people comfortable enough that they don't falter and that they continue on this journey. Yeah, I, you know, when I heard you talk about that, I, I have to admit that I had a very similar perception. Um, and I think that we were just sort of trained to think about it that way, like this sure. is a risk, a risk, a risk, right? But, um, you know, when you, when you frame it that way, it makes a lot of sense that there's actually a lot of power um, in, in being able to make people feel comfortable and confident to right. take risks and to try new things, right? That's right. So, yeah, we're looking forward to our discussion with Shai later yes. to hear more about that. Yes. Let's talk a little bit now about external forces. Sure. Um, you know, we think of, of the normal things, um, interest rates and, you know, the economic landscape. But you made some comments this morning about um, how changing business models are, are having maybe some consequences that we didn't think of initially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's interesting. As you're in the midst of changing everything, you don't really understand how it's going to impact everybody else. But we've done a great job of creating virtual channels. So we've really changed the way that we reach out to customers. And we can get to a lot more customers in many different ways. And so countries who collect tax in the traditional manner from companies that operate within their borders are finding that these digital sources are reaching out to customers, citizens of their country, without ever having any operations in that country. And so the traditional tax mechanism for them to collect the money that they use to run the country is declining, and they're getting very, very nervous about it. You saw the U.S. in our own tax reform take steps to try and keep as much of the tax revenue for us as we can. And now uh, we're thinking about how is this going to work on a, on a global scale? How are we going to adapt to this? Because it's not just Amazon. It's not just Google. It's going to be all of us. We all use virtual uh, processes and so how will tax work and so we have pulled together a group of about 129 countries um, and they're trying to come up with a way to to deal with this and to propose it what's making it complicated is that it doesn't take uh, a lot of thought to realize that 129 <laughs> countries is going to take a long time to agree on anything right so there are certain countries who are getting a little impatient and they're going out on their own and so it's creating noise in the system and so it's really important that we, as we work through these new business models, that we take into account what this means and that we participate in the dialogue. So if you fast forward three years and you're back at the insurance industry conference, what kind of themes do you think you're going to be talking about in three years? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that has been a little bit disappointing about the automation effort is that we've been getting a lot of benefit out of simple robotics. And, but we haven't really used artificial intelligence. I think in three years' time, we're going to be talking about the artificial intelligence that we've put in place. But I think we're going to be trying to understand the challenges of it because AI, while very powerful, is still immature, and it still requires a human curator to make it go. And data, which is the driving force behind artificial intelligence, has bias in it. And so unless we're very particular about the data and how we share that data with the artificial intelligence, the artificial intelligence will have the same bias. And so it's going to be an iterative process as we build these systems and make them smarter and better able to do this on our own. And I think that's going to be the conversation we're going to be having in three years is how do we curate artificial intelligence programs and get the results we want. So the, the journey from robotics to AI, that's an interesting one to think about. And um, I hope I'm not alone in this, but I feel like a lot of these words like automation, innovation, 
you know, AI, digital, all these words get thrown around and it's hard to know what they really mean. But what you're describing here makes a very clear delineation, right, between, okay, we can automate things, right, which right. is more like robotics. And we can automate processes. Um, but then when you get into this idea of artificial intelligence, I imagine that you have to be so thoughtful and careful in the way that you're designing that, right, and the data that you're feeding to it. Right. So that, like you said, you can avoid that biased, the biased outcomes, right? That's right. That's right. Because robotics is really just doing a manual process, and it's a repetitive process without a lot of decision-making mm -hmm. or simple decision-making. And artificial intelligence, we're turning over judgments and the reason we're doing that is because we're bringing a whole lot of data to these decisions, and so the judgments should be better using more data. But we're, we're getting to the point where it's more data than a human can handle, right? And so what we need to do is build artificial intelligence who can process all this and then give us the outcomes. Because at the end of the day, humans will continue to do what we do best, which is ultimately make judgments, solve problems, and seek opportunities, right? And AI can handle a lot of data, do a lot of an analysis, tell us if we're right, and help us stay on the right path. So let's take this topic back to where we started, yeah. and we're going to be talking with uh, Deno Fisher later today more yeah. about this topic. But what kind of um, impacts on customer experience do you think that AI has the capability to have? Yeah, I think, I think AI is, is going to be critical in, in meeting those expectations because, first of all, we have to know what they are. And in order to do that, we're going to have to gather uh, data with respect to our customers um, uh, and, and, and figure that out. And, um, you know, with the dawn of, of 5G technology, the, the Internet of Things gadgets that we're going to have is going to go up by um, almost 20 billion pieces. And the amount of data that we're going to get from that is going to be staggering, and we won't be able to process it without, uh, without AI. You mentioned Deno, and I, I, I think you know Deno's uh, big theme has always been that we can very easily get too enamored with this technology and get so focused on making everything smooth and efficient and excellent that we can lose sight of it. What is it that we're trying to do? And so you need that view of the customer and what they truly expect if you're going to actually deliver it correctly. And, and he would say, if you exceed customer expectations, you get a little bit of value. But if you miss their expectations, you lose a lot of value. And so your program has to be really, really tailored to what you think those expectations are. And sometimes all they need is a goat, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, it was such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. And um, we look forward to seeing you back on the stage later tomorrow. Great. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. You have been listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. For more insights, visit listen.kpmg.us slash insurance insights 360.